the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. How it's changed my life when did a 180 degree turn. 105.1 FM, WAVA. The following program has been pre recorded for broadcast at this time. Today is an encore presentation of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. We're not taking your calls today, but thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. It's Tough Topic Tuesday. Are you ready to hang out with me? Get your cup of coffee, your cup of tea, and let's go. Live from our nation's capital, welcome to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. An expert on race, religion, and relationships, Dr. Anderson wants to talk to you. Our phone lines are now open. 888-432-7434. And now, please welcome Dr. David Anderson, your bridge-building voice in the nation's capital. That's me, your bridge-building voice right here in the nation's capital. How in the world are you today? Well, wherever you are, in your kitchen, in your car, maybe in front of your computer or your smartphone, watching me on my socials, at Anderson Speaks is my handle there for Facebook and for YouTube. Thanks a lot for tuning in. And then, of course, on the most listened-to Christian talk station on the East Coast, second in the entire country, WAVA. 105.1 FM right here in uh, the nation's capital out of Arlington, Virginia, covering all of the DMV, Washington, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, parts of Pennsylvania and West Virginia as well. Thanks a lot for tuning in. And if you are new to the show, let me tell you how we roll. First of all, we've got Marriage Mondays, Tough Topic Tuesdays, Wisdom Wednesdays, Theological Thursdays, and then Open Phone and Fridays. Anything you want to talk to me about on Friday is fair game. Today is Tough Topic Tuesday. I'm going to talk about the topic of code switching. Code switching, what does that mean when you got to kind of switch your cultural code when you're dealing with people who are different, and specifically as a black man uh, living uh, in the service of our country, I have a special gentleman who I'm going to introduce to you in just a moment who's going to talk about what that uh, reality is like when you are a decorated uh, a government soldier and worker and yet a police officer and yet at the same time you're black and blue, if you know what I mean. You're, a- you're an African-American and you're uh, just an American in the service of your country. And, and how does that work and what does that look like? And so uh, today I want to talk to Mr. Aaron LaShure. I'm going to introduce him uh, in greater measure in just a moment. But I do want to give you our phone number in case you want to join the conversation. The number is 888-432-7434. That's 888-432-7434. Or if you're trying to memorize a number, just remember the word bridge, 888-43-BRIDGE. Well, let's bow for a word of prayer before we get started, and then I'll introduce our guest. You're going to want to hear this story and this connection with Mr. Aaron LaShore. But let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you uh, have created us fearfully and wonderfully. 
And yet, Lord, we know that in uh, our country, sometimes people are divided, uh, not just with one another, but even within ourselves. Would you help us understand this today and, and gain the wisdom necessary in order to build the bridges of reconciliation between us and other people, uh, along with ourselves? In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, Aaron LaShore is from a Navy family and grew up all over the country, including uh, Vinland, New Jersey, San Diego, California, Key West, Florida, Sweetwater, Alabama, Jacksonville, Florida, and Southampton, Pennsylvania. So he's been all around. He's a 1989 graduate of Franklin and Marshall College in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, with a bachelor's degree in European and Middle Eastern history. A former naval officer and aviator, Aaron also served as a police officer in Orlando, Florida, including time as a member of the Special Weapons and Tactics Team, which is also known as SWAT. He was a hostage negotiator and a diversity instructor. Aaron also served with the FBI as a crisis negotiator, firearms and defense tactics instructor and EEO counselor, as well as serving in counterintelligence. You know, Aaron LaSure, I wish you would have done something with your life. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness. Welcome to the show, my brother. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate the time and the opportunity. Well, first of all, um, let me just start the show off for people who don't know. You were in the audience at Bridgeway Community Church when I gave a message called Little Did I Know. And I gave uh, people some of my authentic feelings with regard to being uh, a black man and a pastor. Tell me why you wrote me the email that you wrote me. And then I'm going to share just a bit of it so people can be brought up to speed, sir. Well, I little did you know that sermon struck me, and it, it moved me to write a letter to you about um, one of my experiences um, in law enforcement and you know, the difficulty of a black man uh, in this country um, growing up that way uh, and trying to strive and thrive and be a, a productive member of this, this country in our society. I wrote the letter to you because there was one experience in my lifetime that has always stuck with me. Um, And I graduated uh, from the FBI Academy in 1997, uh, prior to being a law enforcement officer uh, at that time. And being in the FBI, as everyone considers it, the premier law enforcement agency I did as well. I've always wanted to be an FBI agent, Mm. although I never saw one in, in life. Uh, so I can continue with that path, and, and blessings showered upon me, and I had that opportunity. Mm. And I reported to Louisville in uh, December of 1997, and I was assigned a presidential background investigation where we go out and we conduct individu- uh, interviews of individuals uh, of appointees to determine um, and provide information about their background for consideration for presidential appointee appointment. I was in Louisville, Kentucky, and I went to an affluent neighborhood and then knocked on the door. Uh, I had on my best blue suit, best tie. Um, I was very proud of being an FBI agent. I knocked on the door, and an elderly um, white lady came to the door. She answered the door. Um, I provided her my credentials and my badge. I told her who I was, and then I provided her a business card. And after I provided her a business card, um, she proceeded to say, there are no, and 
the word begins with an N and ends with an R, special mm-hmm. agents in the FBI. And I stepped back and she said it again and she repeated it. I said, ma'am, uh, I just reported here. Uh, I am an FBI agent, but if you would call the number on the bottom of the card, uh, they can confirm who uh, I am. Okay, now hold on. So and you're hang on. So you're an FBI agent, all right? So you're a decorated FBI agent, gone through all the intelligence and everything. And you go to this house, you knock on the door, and when the lady opens the door, she actually uses the N word and says, "You can't be." Yes, repeated. Wow. Uh, now, how are you feeling in that moment? Like, what happens in the mind of a man like you in that moment? You got to stay professional, right? Well, you have to stay professional, and you know we all have um, that cartoon box above our heads, and what we really would like to say, <laughs> and we can't say it. Right. However, I, I did not uh, understanding uh, my position and how bad that would be, and, and this experience could go a number of different ways. So I had to stay professional uh, with the lady. She called the number. Uh, the the individual on the other side of the line confirmed who I was, but during that conversation, she kept repeating, "There are no in." Special agents in the FBI. Wow. Repeatedly. Wow. Okay. I'm sure that I knew what she was talking about. My uh, goodness. Okay. So hold on for a second, Aaron LaShore. I've got to run to this break. As soon as I get back, okay. I want to know what happened on that porch. Did you end up going in the house? Yes. Did you end up turning around? We'll be right back. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Dr. Anderson would love for you to join his Facebook page and subscribe to his YouTube channel. Just search Dr. David Anderson on Facebook and click like for Anderson Speaks on YouTube and subscribe. They're a great way for you to connect with and follow Dr. Anderson. Plus, you can watch Dr. Anderson's radio program live or search past episodes. You can also connect with Dr. Anderson and his sponsors at andersonspeaks.com. Real talk with Dr. David Anderson on Facebook YouTube, and Andersonspeaks.com. Check him out today. Have you ever driven through your neighborhood and saw that neighbors had their grass that was way too long? They had all kinds of clovers in the grass, and you're wishing as you drive silently, I wish they would mow their lawn. Well, guess what? Why don't you get them a gift? (laughs) Call Laser Landscaping and let them cut the lawn for your neighbors go to laser with a z landscaping llc on facebook or give them a call if you want them to beautify your lawn 240-516-4967 for those who live in the prince george's county and surrounding areas their number once again 240-516-4967 it's laser landscaping or just ask for the owner fidel and make sure you tell fidel that Dr. Anderson said. Hi, I'm Andrew Altman, founder of Best Buy Waterproofing. I hate to see people wait to replace the roof. I'm working on a roof right now where the wood underneath the shingles and the ceiling in the kitchen needs replacing because of roof leaks. Don't let this happen. Get a free estimate before the storms arrive. You deserve the best. Call Best Buy Waterproofing and Roofing. Best Buy Waterproofing before the Welcome back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. For more information about this program or for resources from Dr. Anderson, please visit andersonspeaks.com. 
To watch on Facebook Live or to view past episodes, visit Dr. Anderson's Public Figure Facebook page. Just search Dr. David Anderson and click like. You can also watch live on YouTube. Just search for Anderson Speaks, all one word, and make sure to subscribe. Join our text community and receive a free weekly textpiration from Dr. Anderson. Just text the word INSPIRE to 97000. That's I-N-S-P-I-R-E to 97000. And now, back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. That's me, Real Talk. With Dr. David Anderson, how in the world are you today? It's Tough Topic Tuesday. Our topic is code switching. This is this uh, uh, idea of changing one's conversation, changing one's mind, switching from one sort of cultural language to another one uh, when faced with some intercultural, cross-cultural bias. And today I have uh, Mr. Aaron LaShure who is just a, a decorated man in the service of this country, from the Navy to the FBI to SWAT uh, to the police department in Orlando. I mean, just amazing servant. In fact, he says in a letter to me, I was the only African-American in my FBI Academy new agents class of 50, and at one point the only black new agent trainee walking the halls of the FBI Academy at Quantico. I was assigned to conduct a presidential appointee background check. I can remember being proud to be an FBI special agent and realizing my goal of working in the premier law enforcement and counterintelligence agency in the world. And then, Mr. Aaron LaShure, you go uh, to this woman's house to do a background check. You knock on the door and she uses the N-word saying that multiple times that there is no N-FBI uh, agents. I'm sure you're taken aback, but you, you get yourself together and you give her a card, and then you tell her, call the number. What happened after that, Mr. LaShure? So after that, uh, it took some convincing of her. I had to show my credentials and my badge again. Mm -hmm. After that, she, she conceded and said, okay, and she let me into her home. Um, amazingly enough, we sat down, um, and she made coffee for me, and she brought out fine china. Uh, I nice. conducted my background investigation per the protocol, and at the end, I told her, I said, ma'am, you know, um, I want to thank you for making the call because we have a lot of individuals who are impersonating special agents here in the FBI. Um, and it is important for you to be sure of uh, checking on those individuals who claim to be law enforcement who come to your door. And I, and I want to thank you for that. I appreciate that. And I told her, I said, if you ever need anything, you have my card. Please don't hesitate to call. Aren't you a gracist? And, and, <laughs> Well, at the at the time, I said this is I had to get this done. But uh, as I walked out of her home, and I stood there, and I had to think about this for a minute, and listen to your sermon uh, previously, I said, "Well, wait a minute. Um, this interaction could have gone a number of different ways, but we have to take the high road uh, in this instance." And I thought about it for a moment, and when I thought about it, I said, "Maybe." She went in and she threw that fine china away and uh, because she served coffee to a black man. Or maybe in the future when she sees another black man, maybe she pauses. Hmm. Maybe she's, she, she thinks for a moment and said, no, I, I did meet a black man who was professional, who treated me with respect. Right. Um, and, and maybe helped another black man or someone in the future to have a positive interaction with her. Um, and, and left her with something that uh, she could think on yes. um, for a moment. 
Well, you know, and, and so many of us feel that need to represent well, right? Uh, and we put that extra effort in to try not to be offended and, and to represent well. It also shows us, uh, and I love your perspective on this, Mr. Aaron LaShure, how important it is to have black representation throughout all the ranks of leadership uh, in, in the world because you don't want to always be that only one, the first and only. But if there were multiple ones, uh, like you that came through, it may not be as much of an issue, but the fact that people don't see uh, those that may look like you in those levels of positions, I wonder if that contributes to the problem. So more diversity and inclusion at the top ranks of these organizations are important. What do you think about that? Uh, it's extremely important, and it's a difficulty throughout the government. It's a difficulty uh, within federal law enforcement, law enforcement in general. Uh, it is a challenge for individuals to recruit individuals who are minorities, who are African-American, um, because culturally, uh, when I joined the police department, people said I was crazy, and why am I doing that? Uh, you could do so many other things with a, a college degree. Why do you want to be a police officer? Hmm. Uh, I knew my ultimate goal was to be a special agent in the FBI. Now, those things don't come without challenges. Uh, it's recruitment. It is the retention of individuals. And it also is the promotion of minorities within your organization. Right. Uh, within the FBI, we are no different. The FBI was no different. But it is extremely harsh. There, right now in the FBI, are approximately 500 African-American special agents within the FBI. Okay. Out of well over 13,000 special agents. Out of 13,000, wow. And then you spread that out all over the country and... Uh, around the world. Yeah, oh, okay, around the world, and it's you. Around the world. <laughs> okay, and it's you. And so then even the culture of being the only one in your part of the world or in your part of the country, uh, you don't have the support that's necessary then in order to just live every day. And, and I take this to, um, to heart, to where we as African-Americans minorities the burden is always on us <clears throat> to reach out and to build positive relationships, to find mentors, and the majority of the time those mentors may not look like us. Right. Can you identify someone who is not like you, who is true to their word and wants to help you develop, regardless mm. of your color of your skin, your race, your religion, uh, your background? That is very difficult to find. That is no different in the FBI in the way it is now. Um, if you look at the executive ranks within the FBI, um, and we call it the seventh floor, from the director to the uh, deputy director to the associate deputy director to the, I believe it's now eight executive assistant directors, they're all white male or white female. Hmm. So when you have that uh, cadre trying to make difficult decisions that have to deal with race, i.e. the recent and, and ongoing um, protests. Uh, if you don't have anyone in that room that can bring a different perspective and say, right. look, you know, exercising your First Amendment rights are the most important thing. Right. So you should get that perspective and understand the racism and the systemic racism that we are dealing with. And because you have no one who looks like you in that room, right. you cannot succeed or make educated decisions that affect everyone in a positive way, having all the information available for you. And even if you do have one in the room, the pressure on that one is so hard yeah. and, and so yeah. difficult to be a contrarian view 
and the one who's different uh, in color, as opposed to if there were multiple uh, people that uh, represented different cultures, then that weight on you as always being the contrarian, always giving that view, uh, that's a a hard uh, burden to carry, isn't it? It is, and and you will find that common with a lot of individuals who who do make it into the room or do make it into the levels of responsibility because you are looked upon with a, a microscope. Anything you do or say or how you carry yourself, it becomes a burden upon you yeah. because you're representing not only yourself and your good name, right? but you're also representing um, the, the, your people, your culture, my family, <laughs> my father. My father told yeah. me, he only gave me one name. He said, don't ruin it. Don't drag yeah, it too right. much. So, right. so not only that, but you're also representing um, the people that you care about um, from your own family, but your own culture. Um, mm. And then we all in our families, we, in every family, we have people of different cultures and race now. That's, sure. a, that's a given. Um, so you're representing your family and your family name. But as yeah. a minority, it is really tough um, because who do you go to in those right. tough times? Right. Um, because sometimes you can have a conversation with a mentor, but you really can't have that conversation uh, uh, with, with yeah. an individual uh, that you really want to to talk about race and how it affects you. And I had right. that conversation uh, seriously one time with one of my supervisors who was a special agent in charge. Now, hold on um, hold on to that we, story just for a second, okay. because what I want to do is give the number out, uh, 888-432-7434. We're talking with Aaron LaShore, if you're just joining us right now. Uh, he was an FBI agent, a, a Navy uh, man who served the, the country. He's worked with... Uh, all kinds of uh, special forces, including uh, being a police officer in Orlando, Florida. Uh, we worked with SWAT, a crisis uh, ne- negotiator with the FBI, firearms and defensive tactics. I just need to carry you around wherever I go. I'll feel more protected just knowing. <laughs> I feel more protected now just having you on the phone. Shoot, don't, nobody better come up in this studio. I'm talking to Aaron LaShore. Shoot. All right, hey, Aaron, uh, real quick, I want you to hold on to that story because I want to come back okay. to it, but I want to grab uh, Mike while he's in Bowie before the next break. Mike, welcome to the okay. show. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. How are you doing, Dr. Andrew? Alive and grateful, my friend. Thanks for hanging with us. What's your comment or question on this topic sure. of uh, being a black man working in the service of your country or corporation? Okay, I had a question for the uh, former FBI agent. Yes. Is he familiar with, I think it was the early 60s, they asked J. Edgar Hoover what was the greatest threat to the United States of America. And his response was Negro unity. Hmm. I don't. Does he, I mean, so I don't think they're some, well, they don't, they think, they don't know we act civilized. There's a, there is a agenda and there's a, a belief in this country that is not for us at all, and that you going in somebody's house and or you drinking tea and holding up your pinky isn't going to impress them because they know they've been around us for hundreds of years. They don't, you know, and they still hate our guts. So I wanted to get his response to that. Mike, not holding up the pinky, man. <laughs> all right, anyway. Uh, okay, thank you. Listen on okay. the air. Uh, Aaron, I've got about a minute uh, before the break. What's okay. your response to, the, uh, to Mike? Well, first of all, Mike, I did not hold up my pinky when I was drinking <laughs> the coffee. So just to, just to clarify Be that. Clear. However, you. if you're talking about unity and you're, and you're talking about uh, divisive action, um, that is what power 
people in power want to do is to keep you in a divisive action. Yes, the FBI has conducted and it's been, it, it's been released, has conducted investigations on a number of individuals who were in the civil rights um, uh, movement. That is, that is something that we all know. Mm-hmm. However, what I give to people and what I'd like for them to, to recognize is that we as minorities coming together, like people who are exercising their First Amendment right now, everyone of all races, colors, and creeds can associate themselves with being oppressed in some format, especially during this pandemic, especially with seeing someone lose their life so egregiously in George Floyd. Mm -hmm. So that brings people together. But if we all are out here separate in our different groups, we can never accomplish the things we can united for the right and to, to have everyone be treated with respect, with I love like and it. empathy. I like it. 888-432-7434. We've got Aaron LaShore and his story. Are you a minority in the majority culture trying to serve well? Maybe you yourself are dealing with some of this. You're going to just love uh, continuing to hear from Mr. Aaron LaShore as soon as we get back. This is Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Hey, this is Norm with A-Action Home Services here. This October, when you let us replace your old and inefficient heating and cooling system, we'll give you a free iWave Ionic Air Cleaner, absolutely free. That's a $900 value at no additional cost to you. So call us today at 703-922-1900, and you too can say, problem solved. A-Action Home Services.com Problem Solved. The purpose of a foundation is to bear the weight of the building, anchor it against the weather, and isolate it from ground moisture. Hebrews 6 outlines the six foundational ingredients of our faith. Without a handle on these six areas, our faith will not be able to bear up under the weight of life, resist external opposition, and the internal deterioration that comes with time. The first area listed in our spiritual foundation is repentance. People were surveyed about what the word repentance means, and most responded that repentance is simply feeling sorry about something we did or we didn't do. However, the word metanoia, which the Bible translates repent, does not describe a feeling as much as a major change of thought and attitude. You know, we've all cried crocodile tears. We, we weren't sorry so much for what we did as much as the consequences. We can cry for hours at the altar, but those who do not change their minds will never change anything else. Let God change your thinking and watch how he will begin to change your life. This is Dr. Derek Greer. For more, go to gracechurchva.org. And as always, live big. WAVA-FM is heard on HD Radio at 105.1 FM HD1 or on iHeart. Tune in and now on Radio.com. Listen to Pathway to Victory with Robert Jeffress weeknights at 7 here on 105.1 FM WAVA. Let's say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. Sounds like an impossible project for my skills, but let's say you've got the skills and I offer you an advantage a special tool that would help you build the bike faster while saving you legitimate money. My guess is you'd say, bring it on. If you wouldn't, 
well, then this commercial isn't going to make much sense. My name is Ryan. I'm from United Faith Mortgage, and we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is lucky to have a direct lender advantage. Our company is set up to use its own money and make its own lending decisions within its own walls. And often, this advantage allows us to get your refinance or new home loan done faster and get you a better rate, which saves you monthly and lifelong money. Rates are historically low. Now is the time to see how our special tool might work for you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Millville Park, Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate Animalist number 1335. Rack Animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. License in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. And welcome to the second half of the show. I've got Mr. Aaron LaShore with us today in our Tough Topic Tuesday conversation is about code switching, the idea of uh, being a black man living in the service of his country and in, in the corporate world. And sometimes you got to switch up your language. Sometimes you have to switch up uh, being who you are to, you know, succeed in your your job and your career. Aaron LaShore is from a Navy family. He grew up uh, all over the country in 1989, graduated from Franklin and Marshall College in Lancaster, Pennsylvania with a bachelor's degree in European and Middle Eastern history. He was a naval officer and aviator, a police officer in Florida. Uh, worked with SWAT, the Special Weapons and Tactics uh, Unit, a hostage negotiator and diversity instructor. Uh, Aaron also served with the FBI as a crisis negotiator, firearms and defense tactics instructor and EEO counselor, as well as serving in counterintelligence. Okay, so I have to ask you, what was your favorite agency to work with? Was it SWAT? I mean, what was it? Wow. <laughs> uh, my, my favorite agency um, was the FBI. Uh, I, I'd say the Orlando Police Department was great uh, being – a naval officer, yes, that was my dream. I think I accomplished all of those things. But uh, I think being an FBI agent uh, and having the opportunity uh, to experience the things that I did, I think, mm. was the most gratifying uh, career that I that I had. Now, that was your goal, too, right? When you went into being a police officer, ultimately you wanted to reach the FBI. Is that right? Yes. Um, I was in the Navy. Uh, when I was separating from the Navy, I first golf um golf war uh, at that time I, I was preparing to go into the fbi mm -hmm. and i had my final interview at that time um and then they had a hiring freeze at that time there was a it was a badge lawsuit against the fbi for hiring and promotion process back uh when i uh, began my processing in 91 I see. So they had a hiring freeze for almost five years in the FBI because of the lawsuit, because they had to revamp their hiring procedures and their promotional uh, program within the FBI. So I decided whether I wanted to go to law school or I wanted to conduct policing. And one of my buddies in the Navy, his brother was on the Orlando Police Department, so I applied and I got hired there. And um, after the five years, I took the exam again when they opened up uh, – the hiring process for the FBI, and went through the entire process again. Um, but I, I, I didn't hear anything back from the FBI at that time, and I threw all of my paperwork away, and I got this call out of the blue. Um, I was the next to be promoted to sergeant in the Orlando Police Department. When I got the call from the FBI, I said, are you still interested in FBI? I said, well, it's, it's 
been well over a year. I haven't heard anything from you. And the uh, and the lady asked for my credit card number, and um, I said, "Why do you need my credit card number?" Well, we need to get you set up for your interview in in South Florida. And I thought it was a scam, so I hung up on the lady. Right. And then yeah. I thought better. I thought better of it. Uh, and I went back and had one application, and it was the lady's name. She was I was processing through the Tampa office. And I called her back and I said, excuse me, ma'am, but um, I haven't heard from anyone in well over a year. And you were automatically kicked out of the process if you hadn't heard anyone. And she said, well, um, the recruiter should have called you six months ago and said you were back in the process. Oh, wow. Uh, And she said, lucky you called because I was about to throw your application in the trash. So that's how close I got to not even being in the FBI. Wow. Well, and the the fact that you were uh, five years, you still went back to do it. This definitely was a goal. Uh, a goal for you. You said the FBI is all over the world. For some reason, I thought they was ju- they were just here in the U.S. And then you have the like the CIA, the NSA working outside of the country. So how how does that work? So with the FBI, you have a legal attaché uh, program around the world, and basically on every continent uh, in a number of countries. And where from the FBI's perspective, we work with other governments. Uh, when there are things uh, that have to deal with uh, criminal nature, um, there is a liaison that takes place where you can work together if you're working uh, international organized crime, uh, if country may need help with a, a criminal matter here. We're the entity that uh, engages with the foreign nation and their law enforcement um, uh, apparatus to see if there's something that we can do through our laws and regulations. Uh, and guidelines to help that nation, and also it's reciprocal. If we need help um, with some uh, crime uh, that's occurring, and, and, and crime is around the world, and it is organized, that we work in partnerships where we can uh, with those friendly governments um, to affect uh, investigations and move them forward. Well, well, it sounds like you've had just an amazing career. When I get back, I want to ask you about what it was like to be both black and blue, if you know what I mean by that. And, yeah. uh, and, okay. and, you know, having worked for the FBI as a federal black individual. Uh, did you get that there, yeah. FBI? Uh, yeah. I want to know, how did you deal with the issue of race as a diversity instructor? And how, how did God use you even in the midst of all of this? So when we come back, we're going to continue to talk to Aaron LaShore. You're tuned in to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Does your church have legal challenges? McCullum & Associates has experience with pastor church relations, administration and organizational issues, church liability and risk management, and real estate matters. This firm understands the legal aspects of the problems, as well as the spiritual implications of those same problems inside and outside the court. Call McCullum & Associates today at 301-864-6070. That's 301-864-6070. Hello, this is Andrew Altman, founder of Best Buy Waterproofing. There's been a lot of rain here in the Maryland, Virginia area over the past two 
months, and there's more rain in the forecast. If you have issues in your home with basement moisture, mold and mildew, a crack in your wall, and water leaking into your home, I have a solution for you. My company, Best Buy Waterproofing, can fix your issue forever. We will give you a dry basement and get rid of the mold and mildew, moisture, and any issues related to water around the foundation of your home. Our work comes with a lifetime guarantee, and we are highly rated with the Better Business Bureau. Also know, during this unusual time, my team is fully functional and able to serve you with the highest level of safety for you and your family. Many hundreds of families have been served by Best Buy Waterproofing here in the Maryland and Virginia area. Let us help you, too. Go to BestBuyWaterproofing.com or call us directly 24 hours a day, 844-980-3707. Asked the question raised by her professor, why are you here at Omega Graduate School? Sebla Dibuhailu answered in one of her essays like this, I was not there just to add a prefix to my name, though that would feel good. The greater purpose of my preparation at OGS is to fulfill my mandate to be a change agent. The doctoral study is a time of preparation for me to see and to think, to understand the times, and to craft my way in fulfilling my calling. Sebla Dibuhailu, a current doctor of philosophy student from Ethiopia, is a counselor and adjunct psychology professor who hosts a weekly radio show in the capital city of Ethiopia and is an advocate for empowering women and children. What is your profession and how can OGS help you grow to the next level in your graduate education? Dr. David Anderson is the new chancellor of Omega Graduate School, formerly known as Oxford Graduate School, and your education as a working adult is important to him, to God, and to all who will be changed in the world because of your important research. Go to OGS.edu today and apply or call one 800 933-6188. Want more Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson? You can now catch Dr. Anderson's half-hour radio highlight show on Saturdays at 7 p.m. right here on WAVA 105.1. You'll enjoy recent conversations he's had with callers to this show. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, Weekend Edition. Saturday, 7 p.m. on WAVA. Check it out. For more information about Dr. Anderson, visit andersonspeaks.com. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. I've got Mr. Aaron LaShore, Naval Officer and FBI agent and all this other good stuff. Man, he has served this country so well for so over 35 years. But he's also a black man. And so being a black man in these kinds of positions, having uh, heard from Mr. LaShore, who wrote me a letter after hearing me speak on uh, the topic of race and some of the most current uh, issues that have taken place, I knew I had to have him on the show. So I just want to thank you again for hanging out with me today, Mr. LaShore. Okay. Thank you, sir. Here's my question. Black and blue, when you were a police officer in Orlando, was it? did you ever find it difficult to be both black and blue? Uh, absolutely. Uh, no, and I, I patrolled a neighborhood in Orlando that, uh, used to be called Little Beirut, hmm. uh, one of the toughest neighborhoods, uh, in the, in the city proper, um, but also had neighborhood policing, um, as well. And I worked uh, in that neighborhood, um, basically my entire career from neighborhood policing to the drug unit. Uh, and my... I had um, mentors that uh, were really good to me. Um, Jerry Demings and Val Demings, Representative Val Demings, were my mentors on Orlando Police Department and encouraged me to go to FBI. White, white men? No. 
Black they man. were actually uh, African African American. So Val Demings is the representative from Florida. Oh uh, right, yeah. U.S. House of Congress. Right. And Jerry Demings is uh, her husband. He was the first black uh, Orlando police chief uh-huh. and the first black sheriff, <laughs> and now the first black executive of, of, of Orlando. How about that? But I, but I remember they inspired me, but they also were tough on us. And this is from a community policing um, aspect. They said, "Don't let us knock on the door of one of." Um, are citizens here, and I speak to them, and they do not know your name. That was a fear of mine, wow. of not being in the community and not knowing um, the individuals that I protected and that I served, um, and how could I help them? Because a majority of the individuals that I came across um, in policing, they were the citizens who lived there. Uh, right. If we're if we're dealing with crime, we're dealing with less than five percent of the population of people that we come in contact with. And in Orlando, a majority of people you came in contact with were lost and were trying to find Disney World. Uh, <laughs> but, How about that? But but if if you're dealing with your community, you have to know them, and it's tough at times because you're trying to protect them, but you're perceived um, in a bad light because other police officers had treated those that they had come in contact with, you know, with disrespect, uh, didn't care, uh, were heavy-handed. So as a black police officer, you're always trying to overcome those issues so that you can have a productive conversation and try to resolve whatever situation it is. The goal is not to arrest people. The goal is to de-escalate the situation but also help find remedies and understanding now, in that community. Is that really the goal? I'd, I'd love to ask you that question for police officers. Mm-hmm. Is it really the goal not to arrest people, or do you find that that is a stated goal not to arrest people and uh, de-escalate, but the reality is the opposite? Reality is basically um, the opposite. You end up taking a call, or if you're not proactive, you're going from call to call to call. And if you all, if each call you take is is, is responding to someone who's in distress, uh, then your emotions are going to go in a different way. That's the difficulty of policing that I think people need to understand. Mm. That if you're not proactive, getting to know the neighborhood to help the, the help the neighborhood and community you solve, you help and you um, you serve to resolve those issues, um, to reduce the uh, level of need of policing to, to be there in that in a stressful uh, situation. The goal is not to arrest people. The goal is uh-huh. to protect the individuals that you are, are sworn to to serve. Right. Uh, and I think we get that mixed up a lot of times. And, and it's difficult as a black police officer because the culture and the way it is now is that, yes, you're blue. Well, you really don't care about me. You really don't care about uh, minorities in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. when in all actuality you do because you took that job so that you can make a difference. And would you say that most police officers feel that way? They really do care? They really do want to protect and serve and that these are maybe just some bad apples that we're seeing? Or is it more than bad apples? It's a poison tree. That's a difficult one, Dr. Anderson, because my experience is when I, when I looked at the video of, of George Floyd dying underneath the knee of that of, of officer Chauvin. I knew officers like them. Mm. I never wanted them to respond to a call of mine. People on police departments know who the bad apples are. 
and I put that in quotes, right. people on police departments know who those individuals are who are volatile, who do not bring anything positive to a situation. And you could go to black and white officers. Or any, they know who those officers are that they do not want to come aid them in handling a particular situation. Wow. And I will tell you, I looked at that, and I knew officers like Chauvin. And I did not want them to be around any of, of the situations that I was dealing with. Now, what there was about, a lack of trust there. What about the other uh, three officers? If you were in that situation, what, what's, their, what's their mindset? That Chauvin's kind of the leader, I can't uh, uh, intervene. What, what do you think's going on in their head? If, and if you were in that situation, what do you do if you're not Chauvin, but you're one of the other three? There should have been some humanity there. Those officers are young, but they're following a training officer. So if they're in their probationary period, that training officer is writing up uh, their evaluation. So mm. to them, that is their guidepost. That's the guide on. That's who they follow in their particular actions. But what you saw was a lack of humanity, caring, and empathy from those individuals. They should have had the courage to, to say, we're lifting him up. We're not going to have him down here. But they're following the lead of the most senior officer there. And you know, as an individual, that when you're doing this in policing, and even if you're an officer or, or not an officer or, or in the military in some format, you as a human being have a duty to speak up. One guy no was there for four days. Did you hear that? Four days. Four days, yes. And, wow. and he didn't know anything. He's in his FTO stage. He hasn't even been cleared to ride by himself to police the neighborhood. So if, if he is not acclimated to that situation, it's going to be very difficult. And I found that to be disturbing. Uh, I, I was enraged with it because – there were so many officers there who did not show empathy and love for their fellow human being to say no. Right. And everyone talked about a blue code of silence. And, and that is that real? All human beings. There, there is in, in, in different departments because people think that if I go along, then if I'm ever in a difficult situation or I'm fighting for my life, this individual is coming to save me. Right. Um, but I have to ask. A majority of the police officers in this country do not fire their weapon throughout their entire career. They don't. How about that? It is not the norm. And I think people need to recognize that because we, we so, concentrate on the, the norm is not to do that. So when that, when that guy pulled out his gun and shot the other guy in the back down in, in Georgia, like that wasn't, that wasn't normal, right? That's not normal. Okay. <laughs> by <laughs> any means. And, and there are people in line. And there are people in and, the parking lot. Well, and that's why he got charged with the, uh, uh, the charges, assault. I mean, you have a round going into one of the cars and one of the vehicles there. He, he, I mean, they're, really, to take his weapon out and to take that, that life on, on someone who's running, and if he was drunk, um, let him run till he gets tired. <laughs> which you wouldn't know, have taken long. Defense, you know, which wouldn't have taken long um, from that standpoint. And if he was really knowledgeable about the equipment he was carrying, which was a taser, and you know that they couldn't have used it again, gotcha. he took that as a threat when it really was not a threat to him. Listen, when I get back in a minute, I want to know, why are you speaking out now? How does it feel on this side of your career, and uh, does this pose any, any, uh, any threats to you, or are you, you're sunsetting and you're good? We'll be right back. All right, thank you.
Hi, I'm Patrick Fingles, owner of New Look Home Design. You ever jump in your car already late and you realize your gas tank is empty? I mean, the needle's on E empty. You sit there and you think, why has life got to be so hard? Well, at New Look, we make getting a new roof easy. We offer same-day appointments, either virtual or at your home, install most roofs in a single day, and our price is backed by our price guarantee, where we'll beat any qualified contractor's estimate. Find out why over 40,000 homeowners have chosen Easy and trusted New Look with their roof. Through October, save 50% on all roofing materials, plus qualify for interest-free financing until 2022. 50% off materials, plus no interest? Jeez, don't you wish everything in life could be as easy as getting a New Look roof? Call 800-279-5300. That's 800-279-5300. NewLookHomeDesign.com. While we can't make everything easy, we can make roofing easy. My uh, my daughter one day, she was just asking me about being a little girl. You know, just little kid questions. Crystal Porter on Focus on the Family Minute. She said, Mom, so what did you do with your mom, like when you were six? Or, you know, whatever. And, and I said, well, honey, I didn't really have my mom when I was six. And... And so, you know, opened up this whole conversation. And um, in the end, she ended up crying. And she said, Mom, I'm so sad that you didn't have a mom. So she connected. She connected. We cried together. But the, I feel like the redeeming part of it was that I said, if it wasn't for how I grew up, I don't know that I would be the mom that I am to you today. And so kind of, you know, God uses, and I told her, you know, my story is God's story. And so... Whatever happened and however all the pieces fell, um, you know, he's going to pick that back up and make it into something. God can redeem your story. Hear how at familyminute.org. Pastors and ministry leaders, this is WAVA's Dennis Williams. It is my sincere prayer that you have enjoyed and been challenged as much as I have in our virtual pastor events. You can still register today by going to WAVA.com keyword pastor. And you too will hear Dr. Robert Jeffress and Alan Jackson as God speaks to our hearts as they encourage us to stay true to the call on our lives. Go to WAVA.com keyword pastor. Brought to you by Barnabas Aid. Learn more at BarnabasAid.org. We're Diamond and Silk, and we have a new book coming out called Uprising. The Awakening of Diamond and Silk. It's about how we overcame poverty and hardship by not letting anyone else define who we are, what we can do, or who we are supposed to vote for. And guess what? You can do it, too. That's right. And we want you to hear our personal story for the first time. Uprising, the new book by Diamond and Silk, available at Amazon or wherever books are sold. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. As we land this plane with our special guest, Mr. Aaron LaShure, we've been talking about uh, his life being in so many different agencies in the service of our country. And uh, Aaron, I was thinking on the other side, uh, how are you doing on this side of your career? Is it okay for you to be speaking out about this, especially the agencies that you've been with, and and what are you doing now? So uh, retirement is good. Uh, from that standpoint, but I think from a standpoint of, of being in the FBI in a structured environment and what I did, uh, I could not speak out about some of the things that um, I observed and experienced in my career as a, as a police officer, uh, as an FBI agent, 
even as a naval officer. Uh, but now uh, we have a responsibility to speak out about those wrongs, but more importantly, we have a responsibility to share our experiences to help others understand uh, what we were doing, uh, what I did, um, how that affected me, but also to give others insight and also right. hope that there, you know, there is a right way to, to to police. There is right. a right way to serve the community that you you have taken an oath to serve uh, honorably. Right. And I think from the standpoint of, of being an FBI, we are so rigid, we can't speak out. The only time I could ever speak out was when I voted. Uh, other than that, right. everything is pretty much controlled in, in what you do uh, from that aspect. But now, um, this is an inflection point in our history and our time. And the discussions about policing are paramount um, and, and what we do. And yes, we need to change. And I'm talking about federal government. I'm talking about local enforcement as well, um, that we need to look at ourselves. We must look in the mirror and say, do we mirror the community that we serve? Right. If we don't, we need to make drastic changes to address that. And yeah. I think from now, from being retired, I, I believe I have that opportunity to speak. Uh, right. Whereas uh, if I would have spoken, you know, in, as, you know, an active um FBI agent or police officer um, that um, really, you know, wouldn't have been taken kindly to. That would have yeah. affected my career. I'm Other sure it would have. Would have would have occurred. And what I would have loved, I, what I'd love to do is, uh, you know, talk to you again in the future. I want to know about mm. what your thoughts are about James Comey. And, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we don't have time because we're about to end the show. But you know, uh, <laughs> what, what do you do when you're inside? You got to get yourself outside to speak. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, I want to know. All the good stuff. So I hope I can call <laughs> on you again. Uh, yes, sir. By the uh, way, are you well. are you doing consulting? Someone texted me and asked that question. Somebody else also texted and asked if you were single. I'm just saying. They, they asked. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. No, I'm happily married. <laughs> All right. Sorry for y'all texting. He's happily married. All right. What about consulting? Uh, do you do that? But, but to speak on uh, topics of, of policing, of of minorities and, and, and how we deal with things, yes, I can speak to uh, those particular topics there you and, go. And, and how you address them. So, Mr. Aaron LaShore, folks, thank you so much, brother, for all of your service over 35 years uh, for our nation and in taking it and teaching us along the way so we can be better bridge builders. I uh, hope to see you around the church sometime. Make sure you give me a dap, and uh, uh, thank you for your good work, okay? Thank you, Dr. Anderson. Let's Appreciate it. pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your protection over uh, Aaron uh, LaShore and his uh, family and his happy marriage for all y'all out there. And then, Lord, we just pray that you would uh, show us how we can live as lights in darkness, regardless of our color, class, or culture. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, this is...